what's good family i'm literally recording this like within a couple minutes of uploading to soundcloud and i'd already recorded a previous intro but the reason that i've decided to re-record it because there's a bit of news that uh, i feel like is imperative and i want to get it out as soon as possible um the podcast is now officially on itunes which is a huge bit you know boon um it should be on Stitcher Radio and TuneIn Radio, you know, within a couple of days as well. I don't know how many people use those services, but hey, the more the merrier. It ain't costing me none. But it's on iTunes. You know, I just got the email saying it should appear within a couple of hours. So when it, when it does appear, make sure you go and subscribe to that uh, because... I don't like sending WhatsApp broadcasts. (laughs) Nobody likes sending WhatsApp broadcasts. I mean, if you like them, then you're really sick in the head and you need to seek help immediately. But I have to do what I have to do to promote the show. And the, the things that will help me not have to do that is A, if you lot follow the SoundCloud account, you know, subscribe to the iTunes podcast, um, follow me on Instagram. Basically, the more places you're following the show, because you will get notified. That That's all it is. And you lot need to get notified of for sure. Because otherwise, it's how you know, you know it's there. So, go and, you know, follow, follow the show on SoundCloud. Subscribe on iTunes. Um, if you use Stitcher Radio or TuneIn Radio, it'll be popping up there soon. Uh, I'm pretty sure if you type in thinking out loud, just look for the artwork. It's the it's the Big Ben. Now that's so that's all besides the point. Uh, the reason that I was recording an intro previously, you know, because now that that intro is gone, I've still got to say the information, was that while everybody you know who seems to be listening to the show fully, they enjoy it. However, there's a number of people who have told me that oh, you know, I was only able to listen to ten minutes or twenty minutes, and it's like you know, an hour is a long time. An hour is a long time. An hour is a long time for anything if you're just sitting there only paying attention to it, like, except for a film. Because at the end of the day, this is just voices. You're just hearing us talk. So, um, I hate to tell people how to take in, you know, a form of art because it's all subjective. But I feel like a lot of you are taking in podcasts, you know, radio shows the wrong way. I mean, even radio shows in general. You, you, you have them on while you're driving, you know? Or you have them on in the background while you're doing stuff. It's the same with podcasts. If you're just going to sit down and just put on my show, you're obviously going to get bored because there's there's nothing stimulating, you know? It's not... There's nothing visual. You're just hearing the voices. You might start losing your head. I've been listening to podcasts for a long, long time. I'm like, for for ages i've just always been into them i know i saw some of my friends who are saying are similar and what we do i mean i'm pretty much i play games i play ps4 when i'm listening to a podcast i cook when i'm listening to a podcast if i know that i'm gonna be like going back to london from coventry that's an hour train journey i'll save a podcast with that so they'll just think the, the background noise to keep you preoccupied and then you're listening to the conversation that wherever the people are having. So I feel like that's just what you lot needed to hear. 
I wouldn't recommend you just try and just sit down and power through it because again it's not a film it's not a tv show it's going to be hard for you to stay simulated the whole way through unless you're listening live because when it's live it's like you don't know what's coming then blah 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 so that's so that's that um also this show is a really great episode i told you look we were gonna get better every week we're getting better every week and this week's gonna be even better because now on itunes baby well on itunes and but i'm still taking it one step at a time you know staying humble keep my head down and that's that i hope i covered everything that i covered in the original intro because i'm not trying to record the same thing for a third time um but yeah y'all have a good day now enjoy the show yo 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 this is your boy modest zach um i'm just coming off an illness so and i already have a lisp so you gotta you take that first speech impediment and throw another one on top of there i might sound a little bit off today but um this is thinking out loud in the show where we talk about um everything from politics to pop culture uh the main topic of today is just going to be like pay wages you know whether people are getting paid what they deserve in in all sorts so we're going to be talking about uh the, the bbc gender wage gap we're going to be talking about athletes you know um principally footballers and whether they're getting paid and they're just a lot uh but first before i go into that i want to touch on last week's show which um i got quite a quite a bit of feedback on it more feedback once the show went up on soundcloud of course because you know, that's where that's where most people heard it and i guess friday night is a popular night who who would have known but um i thought i thought it went pretty well it was a it was a rocky start because we did not really have a lot of preparation time it was it was more so uh <laughs> just going off the key i had i had very vague topics written down and then i was just throwing them out there and we'd go off key but you know enough enough of that there's a bunch of stuff i just wanted to touch on um for example a couple of people asked me what connor's role is going to be in the show like they were like is it your show is it is it um both of you together connor's here again by the way want to say hi hi so um obviously connor's, connor's my housemate close friend we talk about a lot of these things in general uh but he so he's going to be a big part of the show he's going to be here quite a bit but he's got his other you know stuff that he does he works he's, he's at uni as well so he might not be here every time. Like next week, for example, he's working, so he's not going to be here next week. So we'll see if the show crashes and burns without him. It will. Uh, <laughs> um, also, the scheduling. There's a change in scheduling because I know last week I said, oh, yeah, the show's going to be live on Fridays and go up on SoundCloud on Saturdays. That was a bit of a reach. I mean, I literally couldn't because there are just things that you can't really plan for. Because the file that I took home last Friday ended up corrupted, so I couldn't even edit it on Saturday. I worked Saturdays, which I didn't take into account. So I literally was rushing home from work, trying to edit it, couldn't even edit it. So the new schedule is live shows Friday, SoundCloud Mondays, okay? Um, 
I feel like this is a schedule that gives me enough time to properly edit the show, you know, just to give it that more podcast feel, like, polished around the edges and whatnot, cut out a lot of the fat, and um, pop it up. So, yeah, look out for it on Mondays. Follow me. Uh, I think the account is Modisac. I should really know that. It's Modisac, M-O-D-E-S-T-Z-A-K. Follow me on SoundCloud. Follow me on Twitter, Instagram. That's where you're going to see all this stuff and be kept up to date. Uh, you know, I mean, I hate to say it, but I'm not that fussed if you can't listen live because SoundCloud, that's where the bread's at. And, you know, daddy needs a new pair of shoes. So, get up on that. And just in general, um, people, some people felt like there was, like, too much going on last week. It was a little bit here, there, and everywhere in terms of the topics, which is true. But the show's only going to get better. The show's only going to get better. This week, we got quite a lot to talk about. As I, Like I said, we're going to be talking about money, um, quite a few roles, you know, quite a few stuff about that. And, um, yeah, so let's get right into it. It's Black History Month, so quick round of applause for, for Black History. Black History is being made every day I'm alive. And um, it's also the month that Black Panther comes out. It's also the month that Black Panther comes out, the film, which is a huge, a huge deal. We're going to talk about that in a second because, like the bad host I am, I forgot to introduce my second guest. She's a China Haid, if you want to. Hi. There you go. An angelic voice right there. <laughs> um, she's here to talk about the gender wage gap, which we're going to get into later. She, she's got a lot to say. She was just, before we went live, she was just going off to me about, and I was like, save it, China. We've got a show to do. But let's start this Black Panther thing. Now, initially, because last week, uh, I want to say like Sunday or something, I saw a tweet about someone said this film's going to uplift like the whole of Africa. And my initial reaction to that was, it's a bit, bit of a reach there, fella. Yeah, they're exaggerating a little bit. Yeah. But I had more time yeah. to think about it. This film is huge in, in a lot of ways. It's one of the first I mean, if you really think about it, can you think of a black film where the main characters didn't have some character flaw or, you know, they were, they were in some form of trouble? Like, let's, let's think about great black films. What, what are they? Hold on. A lot of the great ones, a lot of the great black films are like Boys in the Hood. The Boys in the Hood. Um, <laughs> Menace to society. A lot of well, basically, you know where I'm going. A lot of yeah, these films exactly. aren't really positive representations. And are they? then you got all the slavery films, you know, like the Django. Yeah, the, and then you know Denzel, he didn't get an, an Oscar until years a slave. Yeah, Denzel didn't get a, 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 an Oscar until Training, Training Day, Day, where where he was a villain in it. What a role! It, it was a good role, <laughs> to be fair. But um, but the point I'm trying to make is that this is. We haven't seen the film yet, but it's a comic book film, so I doubt they're going to really do a lot of, you know, degrading stuff. So the point is, this is one of the first films of a predominantly black cast where you're going to see positivity, which is huge. But 
when you think about when you start to think about like the money trail now, like who's really getting paid in this film, it's gonna be the same old. It's it's still gonna be Disney who owns Marvel, obviously. The yeah. big companies, Disney, Marvel, they're getting a large chunk of the cheddar. Let's say that, but the cast as well, like the director's black. Most of the cast is black. The yeah. music is hand- being handled by Kendrick Lamar, a rapper. It's like mm-hmm. a lot of it is focused on black people. Which yeah, it's only a positive thing. Whether which is it's only owned a by positive. Disney or not, I think b- it being owned by a big corporation like Disney is a po- is a good thing. You reckon? Yeah. I'll well, tell you why. Because so with on. that financial backing mm-hmm. from a company that big, yeah, it means that the quality of the product is going to be of a great standard. That's a great point, actually. Like, you know, with the name Disney attached to something, you know it's going to be a certain level of quality. And also, Disney, they, because um, they obviously have experience making a lot of money from these films, they can now directly look at this Black Panther film, compare it to the other films of white cast, and if this makes a lot of money, which I feel like it's going to make a lot of money... Debut with I think it was 150 million first weekend. Well, they, That's a lot of money. So compared to others, other Marvel movies, it's a lot more than the majority of the other ones. Like Spider Man's less that yeah. came out last year. Four's less. Like a lot of these films. So it shows that black cells. My one gripe: Idris Elba's not in the film. Nah, he didn't need to be in it. <laughs> he's a, a crucial part of the Marvel Universe. You can't have. <laughs> I forgot he's already in the Marvel film. <laughs> he's in Thor. Yeah. What do you mean? Yeah. He's, he's arguably a top three character in terms of importance in Thor. Behind Thor and Loki. Not Odin. Not Odin. That's nothing. That's nothing. But, um, but yeah. Black Panther's huge. Now, but I, I saw something which has got me a bit conflicted because at first I was like, this is someone taking advantage of the community. Then I was thinking, well, at least someone's making money. So this guy on Twitter, he was like, guys, I've bought, I've bought out a, a showing for the culture. I say that with quotes. For the culture, I'm charging $16 so we can all be in there watching Black Panther. Now, the average price of a cinema ticket in America, it's $10. So he's adding money onto it. Why? I don't That's the it. first question that comes to mind. And, you know, Twitter was split down the middle. There were a lot of people like, yeah, go on, brother, make your money. But at the same time, it's like, the other you half are like, what are you exactly charging What's, what's for? the point in doing that? What, so he's going to be charging them more money just to watch the film with... But it's the culture, Connor. It's the culture. That's silly. (laughs) The whole idea of the culture is silly to me. You reckon? Yeah, because what's... You're saying the film's for the culture. Is that saying that it's not for other people as well? Well, no, it's not saying that, but uh, that's the target audience, you could say. I think the target audience is well above that. Like, Marvel's a brand. Like, the target audience is a lot of comic book fans that may Mm. not... Like, I don't really know about... Black Panther, to be honest. I've not read any of the comics, but I'm still going to watch the film because... Like, but, but you watch all the... Well, let's ask China because China, you don't, you're not a comic book person, are you? No, I don't really... Are you going to see Black Panther? Yeah. Why? Are you going to see it because it's just a comic book film? Are you seeing it because it's predominantly black? Or are you just seeing it because it's a, a blockbuster film? Um, I'm seeing it because, to be honest, it looks 
the trailer looks really good. Um, also, it's a black film. It's a and black film. Also, one, um, a person that I know is actually in the film. Oh, what? You know, got to support your friends. Who's in it that you know? Um, well, when I was younger, I used to go to a drama class. Mm-hmm. And um, one of the girls, Letitia, from that class, Letitia. is actually in the film. I think she's the younger sister. Yeah. Um, oh, so yeah. she's a, a, she's not a just part, like an extra. Big, she's a big part of the film. Yeah. She was she in the Black Mirror, Mirror episode on Black Museum. Is that her? Yeah. yeah. You know her? Yeah. How well do you know her? Not, not, not super well, but obviously oh, we went to the same was... drama school for like, what, six years? That's big. Hold on. I'm going to have to turn these mics off. What's the situation? <laughs> <laughs> no, I, don't, I haven't talked to her in a long time. I stopped going to drama school. So. Why didn't <laughs> you? Hmm? Why, why did you stop? Yeah. I'm just not very good at drama. Fair this enough. wasn't my. It's not your cup of not tea. Not my thing. Oh. Let's say. Hey Connor, did it? <laughs> <laughs> did you do drama, Connor? <laughs> <laughs> okay, so Black Panther. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah. I, uh, um. Okay, so so China's so so you're seeing it. So would you say you're seeing it because it's a film of the culture again? Quotes. <sighs> that really hasn't actually crossed my mind. I just genuinely think it looks like a good film. That's what that's how it's supposed to be. I'm not just like going to watch because it just because it's predominantly black, yeah. no. But that doesn't that doesn't have an effect because I I mean I know that there, there are people who probably would not have considered seeing the film before. Oh no, it really has no effect. It just looks good. And I love Marvel films. That's it. I think it's different for individuals. Okay, fair enough, fair enough. Well, um, yeah, as I said, I think it's it's really good for, I think it's gonna be a great film for um, for black people. But with that guy, my personal opinion on it, it's exploitation. Yeah, it's it seems kind of exploitative that he's taking. I mean, he's really adding nothing to the experience. Just you're seeing it with a bunch of. The thing is, or what I don't get about that is like, it's a cinema. You're not gonna be a lot of the time. You're not even gonna be talking. That's, that's my so whole what, point. What's this whole thing about the culture? What are you gonna be doing? And there's only black people that are going to watch the film. There he d- he put the tickets on Eventbrite, so he he doesn't even know who's booking it. Exactly. So, so that's <laughs> just, that's just silly. So yeah, then it's exploitation. Also, if it was just black people, I don't <coughs> support that. I think that's kind of wrong. It's, 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 it's like segregated segregation. You're literally saying. Ah, oh, this showing's for black people. It's like the same thing that happened with um, Wonder Woman last year. Like some people tried to have a woman-only screening. Mm. Like I don't get what that achieves. Well, personally. I think the thing the thing with all of that is these these people they they would um they would argue that we've been segregated and left out from so many things, you know, unfairly treated. In so many other aspects, that um, the fact that we just want one showing, why can't you not just let us have it? And it's a, it's a, it's a slightly fair argument, but um, I just think the way he's executed it, it's poor. He uh, yeah, because I don't understand maybe if he was like yeah, tune in, you know, I'm gonna I'm gonna bring snacks and we're gonna do this and that, and then afterwards we're gonna have a cookout, you know. <laughs> and other black stuff. I think it would have been different if he had been like, it's a free screening for black people. That yes. would, that, yeah. exactly. That would have been different. That would be, 
I would fully support that if he was like, okay, this guy's bought out a screening and he's only he only wants black people there. You know, you can question the morals of it, but it's a fair thing. But the fact that he's actually going to be making money, he's not even charging them how much he paid. He's, he's making more. money. That's just wrong. <laughs> so, um, yeah, it's, it's a bit sketchy. But you lot go see Black Panther. Um, today's show is brought to you by the fine products of Apple Computers. Uh, no, I'm joking. We haven't got no sponsors. But <laughs> if you, you never know. It might talk it into existence. Um, yeah. So let's move right into this gender pay gap. Now, I've been trying for the last five minutes to get this, this video up for us to listen to. Um, but I can't. I can't. <laughs> the link isn't working on the thing. So I'm just going to explain it. So I was curious after last week, me and Connor spoke about it for a little while. I went and did some research on the, the actual topic of the gender pay gap. Because in my head, I was like, no jobs really are explicitly saying you men are going to get paid more here. So I was just curious as to how it actually worked. And, um, the Huffington Post have this three-minute clip. Um, I just saw it on their homepage, but it wasn't there when I went on the computer. So if you just go on their website, you might find it. Um, and it just it interviews, a, it's talking to a bunch of women. It's only like three minutes long about it. And uh, one woman, she works for Tesco. She was saying that she works on the shop floor. She's getting eight, eight pounds an hour. And um, in her store, the shop floor is predominantly women. So there's people working on the tills, you know, just doing a lot of work. But she said, but the people in distribution, which she said is all men who are working in distribution, which is like the factories, you know, the trucks unloading, blah, blah, blah. They're getting about £10 an hour. And she said they've complained to head office and whatnot. And what they just keep coming back with is saying it's a different role. So it's different pay. But um, in her eyes, she's, she's not taking anything away from what, what distribution does but she feels that they are undervaluing what um, the people in her department do because they're female. So what do you lot think about that? That's funny because I used to work in Tesco at one point and I have seen, I was on the checkouts, like I was in services, like that sort of role. Right. And I've seen what people in distribution do. Yeah, It's completely two different types of work. That's more to do with like manual labour because a lot of it is lifting unpacking mm-hmm. stuff like it's quite a lot of it's a lot of hard work i'm not saying that being in services and working on checkouts or stocking shelves isn't but it's completely two different types of jobs you're so, more so, at risk of like say injury by doing one form of work than the other it's not to do with gender i don't think i just think it's a difference in roles like she said the manager was saying well fair enough and well, then there was another one is this woman, she worked at a law firm with another man. Um, they, were tr- they were trainees, both of them. And they had a pay slip error one week. She got his, he got hers. And he was on a completely different salary. And uh, when she asked him, he was like, I just thought you were getting the same as me. And she went to the HR department and they, they, they chopped it up to, I think they said it was like performance-based pay. So something a lot more vague. But she said... They were essentially doing the same role and she'd actually been working there longer than him. So, and then, but the things of this, there was a, a clip after that where it was an older, an older white woman. She said she's never experienced it because she said 
and I think this is very important. She said, I make a point at every review meeting or interview I have to express that I need to be getting paid the same as men. And um, it's a big reason why I wanted a girl in on the show because I don't want to say these things and, and, you know, just have no one there to tell me to shut up. But I feel like a lot of women, when it comes to this topic as well, <laughs> I feel like a lot of women are too docile with it. I feel like, because I feel like, I'm not just saying as a man, but me personally, if I was to find that I was getting paid less than someone else, I'm going straight to the boss and I'm, I'm trying to do something about it. Or even if I, even if, you know, I was just working, I was applying for the job and I found out that there were two different wage structures, I'd really want to know why. But a lot of girls, what they'll do, or women, I should say, what they, what they would do, they will find out and they won't do a lot about it. And that's how they end up getting taken advantage of. Whereas this woman who said she made sure every single review meeting or every single interview she went for to express that she wanted equal pay, and therefore she got it. So, you know, as Jay-Z always says, a closed mouth doesn't get fed. So, China, what's okay. your thoughts? However, my, my thought on this whole situation is that, <clears throat> yeah, okay, maybe some women can be a bit docile. I'm not saying anything about it. However, what are the chances that anything will actually happen when you say something? And what are the chances that they will just take it as you being a bit sassy, I guess, a bit rude, and you just not getting the job. I am doing the well, exact same job. Like, you have to actually weigh up the pros and cons of saying the things you say before you say them. Well... I don't I, think it's always about being docile. I think it's more about being smart about the things that you say. So you think that women would be scared of, like, getting fired if they spoke up? No, not necessarily, but think about it this way. You go to, you go to a job interview, right? Mm-hmm. And this is the first impression they're getting of you. First time they're meeting you, and you say, "I just want to make sure I'm getting paid the same as a man." But that's the completely the first impression they're gonna get. Fair enough if you say it like after like a few review meetings, you're like, "Okay, fair enough. I've been here for a while, and this is my opinion." Right. You can't just go to someone straight away and be like, "I want this and I want that." You you're not in a place to make demands because they're the one giving you the job. Well, it's not so much a demand; it's more just. You know, trying to get your your just dues. I don't know, Connor. What do you think about this? Um, I think they shouldn't even be in a position where they have to ask for it. To be honest, it should be yeah, yeah, but come on, that's that. No, but seriously, what they should just be on the same page. Well, automatically, I shouldn't have. If I was a woman, I shouldn't have to go and say, "Ah, how comes this man is." is getting paid more than me for the same job. It should automatically be the same. It's the same role. Yeah, well, you know, that that's in the perfect world where, you know, racism doesn't exist and, you know, babies live till they're 112. But let, so let me... I'm going to pretend to be an employer. Now, I've, I've put this job out there. Um, You've both applied for it. You've both got it. You later find out, China, that you're getting paid less than Connor. You come to me. I'm going to explain to you that well. As a woman, there's a chance that you might um, get pregnant and then you have to take a year off maternity leave, which is paid. Now, of course, it would be wrong for me to discriminate against you and not give you the job based on that. However, you are on a slightly lower wage because we need to offset that because we are a business. 
Does that not sound um, logical from a business sense? Because in this day and age, there's also men that go on um, maternity leave. So then what does that mean for them? Paternity leave, I don't, but I don't think, is paternity leave a legal right? Yes, I believe so. I think it is. But it's it's less time though. Yeah. It's less time for a man, but it's, nevertheless, they're offered it, yeah. Um, well, but maternity leave, because of a man, might not take it. And if he does, we can renegotiate at that point because I'm, I'm almost certain that most of these jobs, paternity leave will be less money and less time. Um, again, you know, I need to do more research on it, but I'm, I'm over 90% sure if you were to look into it, companies that offer paternity leave, it's less money and less time. So just from a business standpoint, we've got to make that money somewhere. And if okay. I'm paying for you to not be here for a year... Then, why would why would I give you the same? That should be the same idea for everything, man. Like, but, so say if you employ someone that that gets ill a lot, say, right? Yeah. So there's a chance that they may have to take time off. But the for a is, long period of time. But the difference is, a lot of people don't they don't grow up with the hopes of getting ill one day. Yeah, of course uh, not. Most most women. I mean, it's fair to say that most women would like to have a child at some yeah. point. Um, and, you know, and if you're, if you're about 26, 27, that's, that's the age you'll be where you're going into one of these types of jobs, you know, where, where you're talking about pay of this level where it really matters. Because when I talk about this, I'm not really talking about, you know, the people working at Primark. I'm talking about the people working in offices and law firms. So we're talking about big money here. So if you're in a position to be at that type of job, you're, you're more often than not, at the same position in your life where you might think about having children soon. You know, if if you're a hirer and you're looking at a 28-year-old man, a 28-year-old woman, 28 is a, a big age for a girl. She might be having a lot on her mind. She might want to have a kid at any point. I think it's logical, you know, might not be fair, but it's logical to to at least try and get ahead of it, offset the potential money you can lose. And at the same time, if more women spoke up, like this, like the elder, the elderly woman did in this clip, which there's not really much point in me playing it. Now. It's funny that I got the clip up right after when we come to the end of it. But if more people spoke up like this woman, then you can, we can either go separate ways straight away, or I can be like, you know what, you make a great point. I'm gonna raise your pay. Because some women don't even want kids. Yeah, okay, but how often does that ideal situation really happen, Zach? According to, to this woman... You say that, and they're like, you know what? You made a really good point. I'm going to give you more money. See, that's the thing. You're, you're, on, you're, you're, you're assuming that that's, they're not going to... No, Zach. That's just not really feasible. That's just not necessarily going to happen. But according to this woman... Yeah, according to her. Yeah, okay, fair <laughs> enough. According to the one little elderly white woman, okay. Hey. But... <laughs> that doesn't always happen, Zach. Nobody has it harder in this world than el- elderly white women. Nobody has it harder. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> so, no, I'm joking. <laughs> and also, maybe her age might play a part in it. They may see her and be like, mm, you're not really going to have a child, are you? <laughs> that, so, you know, that's it's, it's also a, true. <laughs> that's also true. There's a lot to consider. But um, we're going to come back on that. We're going to come back on that in a little bit because we are continuing the trend of money now. I wanted to talk about sports. Connor literally said this to me like the second we went off air 
last week, and I was like, why didn't you say that when we were live? But he just asked me, do I, do I think footballers are paid too much? And that's what we're going to be talking about. We're going to be having calls pretty soon. Um, in fact, while, while I'm just briefing, could you hit? Yeah. So the framing is, and I've got this article up. Uh, this was last year, November, so pretty recently. The average weekly wage in the Premier League has just passed £50,000 a week. £50,000 a week. I mean, and again, this is another gender thing, by the way, because this is, this is, of course, all men in the Premier League. And the, um, the, average, the average wage in the country now... Now, I didn't want to just use the whole country because, you know, it's, um, if, we're, if we're just looking at the Premier League, which is the top of the line for, for football, we're going to look at London, which is the top of the line for, for the country in terms of money and whatnot. The average wage in London is £35,000 a year. A year. So the average footballer is earning more in a week than what the average full-time employee is making in a year. I think this is terrible on so many levels. Um, but I'm not going to go first. You know, it's the guest show. We'll start with Chandler. Chandler, do you have any thoughts on this? Because obviously, I know this isn't what I brought you in for, but I just want to know. Go on. Get a bit close to the mic, please. I think it's absolutely ridiculous that footballers get paid so much money a week when there are, I always use this example, but nurses get paid little to nothing for what they do. (laughs) And all footballers do is kick a ball around a pitch for 90 minutes. You know, it's, and it's, that is literally. I'm not saying that it doesn't take a lot of strength and training to do it. I'm not taking that away from them. However, there are nurses that do so much more, doctors that do so much more, and get paid a pittance compared to what they get paid. Doctors save lives. Footballers yep. kick balls. There's literally no correlation at all. It's um, you know, you kind of, you kind of. You've got some of my, my points there as well. That, that's what I was going to say. But I know Connor disagrees, so... Strongly. Connor, go. And I'll tell you why. Yes, nurses and services, those jobs don't pay as much as footballers. Yes, it's unfair. But in, the reality of it is, is that footballers, when you think of all the money they make for the industry of football, football is a billion-pound industry. The amount of money clubs make on a day-to-day basis is ridiculous. If a footballer is getting, we're literally, as a fan, we're paying to watch these footballers. A lot of money is made from the TV deals, the tickets prices, the merchandise. We're paying a lot of money just to watch these people play football. Yes, it might be silly in the grand scheme of things, but a footballer's career isn't that long. I think the money that they make is fair. Okay. In comparison, wait a second. In comparison to other careers as well, a footballer's career is like about on average, 10 to 15 years maximum. That's yeah. the amount of time they're working for. I think the money that they make in that, in that space of time is fair. Okay, let me... I'm going to quickly, you know, get my calculator wrap up. So, we're just going to go... We're going to go up to average. We're not even going to talk about these superstars and how much they're making. So, we're going to 50 times 52. Um, times that by 15. So, that's... So the average footballer over his career is making £40 million if they play 15 years. That is insane. £40 million. Yes. 
That's it's, absolutely insane. It's Connor. not when you think about how much money the company is making off them, though, is it? So, okay, let me put it this way. Do you, no one complains about actors, other athletes as well. It's always focused on football players, which I don't get. It's the entertainment industry. A lot of money is made in every form of entertainment. To be honest, in my opinion, they all get paid too much. But the Fair thing enough, is, but I don't get the focus just on football players. It's they yeah. get paid ridiculous. They they do they do all, they do all get paid too much. But um, focusing on the football, one of my issues with it as well because I don't mind stars getting paid. You said actors, other other sports. Like let's let's take um you know tennis for example. I guarantee you. The number two hundred seed is not getting anywhere near, you know, the Roger Federer, um, Rafael Nadal money. But the the average listener, I mean the average listener, the average footballer in the Premier League. So these are teams that are even twentieth place. People who are sitting on the bench, not playing, are getting fifty thousand pounds a week. That's a whole lot of money. And my my bigger issue with it is less to do with the money. It's more to do with society in general, because as as with all things, it is a business. But we, someone needs to step in and make these, you know, give some of the money back. It, like I, I think honestly, the government should buy the Premier League so that they can they can sanction it out. I wouldn't mind them making that much money if I knew the rest of the billion pound industry was going back into the community, like through taxes and whatnot. But where's this money going? You know, we're just feeding oil barons on tigers. But that's a completely different subject. Because, like, that's to do with the industry of football. We're talking about the football players themselves. Well, the actual players, they're they're still paid too damn much. I don't think so. They definitely are. Okay, let me put it this way. Yeah. It's not fair, and it's, it's the teams. Really it's the like teams. It's the, because let me t- okay. Let me let me bring in another sport to compare it on um, basketball. You don't know I'm a big LeBron James fan. I'm wearing a LeBron James jersey right now. Footballers are not nearly as individualized as the basketball players. For example, Manchester United tomorrow could sell Pogba, could sell Sanchez, could sell all our big name players. We're still going to be the biggest club in the world, because it's the it's the club. Whereas in basketball, you can look at the figures. When LeBron James came back to Cleveland in 2014, the whole economy changed. Business owners saw a 200 percent jump that same year, and you know this is this is from things such as food to parking. You can equate that to one man, clearly. So that is, for me, the idea of someone getting paid what they're worth. Footballers, the club's bigger than the player every single time. So what are they really getting paid for? Especially if you're bench warming. Starting 11, if you're a star player, you know, you can bring a lot to the club, arguably, that's fine. But if you're bench warming, you're sitting there. What do you need all that money for? That money could be put to so many better things and then you know as you said it's not really relevant but we just need to look at ourselves as a society that we're putting so much stock into this as opposed to far more important things um have you got the a calling oh yeah one sec. also yeah um i just want to get one one more point as well uh, on. a lot of things that, that people don't consider is that say one 
career-threatening injury, a footballer's career is done. Like, say if they break a leg, mm-hmm. it's going to be a, hot, a lot harder to survive of their career, isn't it? They can't be playing football. It's their livelihood as well. That's it's why like, you stay in school. But you mean, yeah. <laughs> but it's like, um, I had something else I had to say. I forgot what it was. One sec. No, I'll continue. Just continue. Well, I'm, I'm waiting on that phone call now. But um, I mean, you know, and and obviously injuries are something you take into account. But that you could say that for literally anyone. I mean, you know, if you break your leg, you can't go into work tomorrow. Also, anyway. the lifestyle as well. Like, there's a lot of things that footballers can and can't do. Like a lot of the diet, constantly like working out and stuff like that. It's like it all comes with the career. It's so like. Harder. It's, it's if a I told different. you, Connor, I'm gonna give you fifty thousand pounds a week, but you have to go vegan. Are you gonna complain about the lifestyle to me? <laughs> yes. <laughs> it is it, the lifestyle, the training. None of none of that is worth fifty thousand pounds a week. Now we do we do have a uh, a call in now, an old friend of the show. Uh, name is Daniel. Can you hear me? Yeah, yeah. Can you hear you? Can you hear me? Uh, <laughs> all right. So, where do you stand on this situation? Uh, I think I'm in the mid- middle list. I don't want to on the fence too much, but as um the person that's with you today, I think her name is China. I'm not sure. I didn't catch the name. Today, <laughs> but I think it's China. Uh, she said that in comparison to obviously people like doctors, nurses, firefighters, like in society, they're saving lives and whatnot. Right. So if you weigh that based on real life facts basically getting paid more and obviously footballers get paid way too much in that sense. Obviously, as Connor said, when you look at the business, like how much money they're generating, like it's not like the government are paying their wages, it's the clubs that are paying the wages from the money that they have generated. Like stars like Neymar, stars like Messi, people come to see them, they sell tickets and that's why they get paid how much they get paid. And so, well, well yeah. that, that's, that's why I had the suggestion of... um. The government buying the football, the, the Premier League. What, that, the Premier League? Yeah, I mean, yeah, specifically money, in our country, the, I mean, it's the government. We find that money, get another loan from China or something, <laughs> and um, and then we've got it. And then that way you can subsidize the wages. And I said I don't mind them getting paid that much money. I just yeah. don't really know where's this money going. You know, we're, we're buying another, we're buying another tiger for Abramovich, and you know, it's just. Well, so See, that's the exactly owners, that's different. Money. If we're talking about the players, um, but but they're about. not. Are they? But are they? Can they give some of it back? But I, well, as I said, when you when you look at when you look at the facts of with LeBron James. Yeah. He single-handedly bought he he bought business into the whole city of Cleveland. Business went up two hundred percent. They've estimated in the three years that he's been there, he's brought in two billion dollars. He's earning thirty million a year. Yeah. And if you're bringing in two billion and you're getting thirty million, this guy deserves a raise. The thing is, yeah. Oh, but, God. Yeah, um, and I can't remember the player. You know who's the player that said um, he wants to donate a certain... He thinks that every player should donate a certain... Uh, it was Matter, I think. Matter, that's the one, yeah. yeah. But yeah, I guess they see it themselves. They know they get paid too much. 
Yeah. Something like that would be good. Something like that would but, be good, actually. But a lot of these players have their own charities and they do yeah. other stuff in addition to playing football yeah. as well. But uh-huh. it's just not focused on. Like, I know um, Ronaldo, argue, he gets, he, I think he's like a top three paid players in the world. Right. But he has countless charities and starts and builds stuff in his home country of Portugal, which isn't as wealthy. So what's the problem with them getting their money and they're using it in that way? Yeah. Well, I feel like if it was owned by the government, they can subsidize the wages. They can they can um they can make it not so so publicized because here's here's a, a problem I have because with the effect it has on society. If you're a parent, you've got a newborn mm. kid. Honestly, if he isn't kicking a ball the moment he comes out of the womb, you're an idiot. Yeah. And yeah. that's that's <laughs> taking away a potential. Do you know what I mean? And that that person might have been a doctor. It depends, what, it depends what you value in life. Some people want their children to be something that matters in the sense of you want them to become a doctor because they're giving back to society in a way. As well as still a good person that pays well. So it depends what your ambitions are for your children and your life. I see. Fair enough. Um, I was told that that Patrick was there with you. He might have a thing yeah, to say. My colleague Patrick has a few words he'd like to kind of. All right, guys. Well, I mean, hello. 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 I think Daniel covered most parts. I mean, I agree with most things he says. But you see, like, the African footballers, they give a lot of, like, Drogba, for example, and numerous others who create, like, football foundations back in their own countries and do give wages back. Mm. What about what about female footballers? Because that that's another point. There, there's a huge pay gap between the males and females, and if if what they're contributing is the same, why are, why are some paid so much less than others? Uh, I, I think it just relates back to what we said about the revenue. The revenue in the females. I was watching game. that. It's, it's true. <laughs> like I mentioned it last week. It's about how much money they're making for the companies. They're not going to get paid as much as the male footballers if they're well, not making the that much. In women's football isn't as high as males, which means the clubs can't afford to pay the same amounts. See, so, so it comes back to clubs not being able to afford to pay the, the same amounts. Um, I'd like to thank Patrick and Daniel for calling in. Um, so what I'm going to put a button on, on that topic with, I've, I really think my solution, if the government was to buy out the Premier League, it can solve everything. We could air it on BBC... You could, you could, and they could buy out the women's Premier League as well. You know, show women's games at the same time. Um, but I don't think that solution is practical. Do you know how much money it would cost to buy out all of these owners, these rich owners? Do you think the government can't use that money on anything else more useful than to just buy out sport industries? Take take it off them first of all, because it's. I mean, the government they can they can pretty much do what they want if they get if they get the votes. Um, you could take it off them. You could buy it from some people because when when you get to when you get to the the amounts of money that countries deal with, it, it's a joke because it's all debt and it doesn't really matter anyway. So I don't really think it will be a big deal for us to cut the check. I mean, well, you said it's a billion pound industry. Yeah, it is. Like, how much? Is, so how much do you think Arsenal would sell for Arsenal Football Club? Um, I'm not sure, but let me check. Okay, well, why why you look that up? I'm, I'll just say that um, I really think. The government were to buy, buy out the prem, or just you know take it forcefully take it. Then you can subsidize wages. You know every football player. You could give them all fifty k, 
We'll just give them something similar to a politician's wages. Air it on the BBC. And then all the problems are sorted because that, because the money we get from... Adver- obviously, keep advertising, keep the kits and all that the same. And all the money that bought, that's brought in from that, you can, you can shave it off taxes. You can use it to help the country and society as a whole. Um, See, oh, it's back to the point where we were saying how much is Arsenal worth. Okay. Arsenal, we're not the biggest team in England, but we're worth $2 billion. $2 billion. Exactly. How, how, how are you going to buy a whole league Aye. full of teams in similar situations? Theresa May cut the check. It's silly. <laughs> Theresa May cut oh, the check. Oh, we've got another caller. Who's this? Blaine. Hold on. All right, we've got our last caller of the day. This is uh, Young Blaine from the east side of the LDN. Um, how are you today? I'm just ringing. I just heard some of you said that the government should buy the Premier League. Right, And I yeah. just think that might be the worst thing I've ever heard on any form of radio, whether it be student radio, <laughs> national radio, to radio full stop. I've never heard something so ridiculous in my entire life. So I'm just could could, you, could you tell me why, please? <sighs> well, first of all, Man United on now. Oh. I didn't hang up. I'm just going to say that. Uh, I think we lost signal, but I'm going to call him back. Yeah, you love, but back to what you were saying about Man United. You love saying they're the biggest club in the world. We are. Man United are worth at least three to four billion dollars. Take it off them. Take it off them. That's ridiculous. Hello. Hello. Sorry about that. Yeah, that's right. Uh, Yeah, I just think, I can't believe you said that. Man United on their own are worth about three billion pounds. And the comment where you said that they should be taken by force. This communist Russia, you can't take an organization by force. Through a vote, anything can happen, Blaine. You think all you need, all we need, is a majority? I'm just an avid listener. I've never met you in person, but if I did, I'd have some words with you. All we need. Sorry, I didn't mean to swear there. I shouldn't have said help. That's probably always did it again. There, you did it again. Listen, people, I'm babies. I'm trying to sleep right now, so watch your language. But all you need is a majority in Parliament. We can tell them. No, I've uh, subs. Uh, no. We we don't have to. We don't have to. We don't have to like take. I'm not talking about having the uh, the labor wanderers. You you can we can just subsidize it. The the owners can keep it. They can still get a wage, but subsidize the league. Put it on BBC so that the money made of commercials, the money made of the kit deals, can you go back into the country. Huh. Oh, you know, I mean, I meant like the little holograms on the on the field and whatnot, you know, like... Billboards. Yeah, billboards, Carabao and, you know, all the, the juices, you know. I don't know why you're literally wasting your, your God-given voice to discuss whether the Premier, League, the Premier League could be taken over by the government. I I reckon it would work. There's nothing else to talk about. I don't think. We got, we got a lot to talk about, actually. I was on the phone, but then I heard you say that and I was like, you can't keep me off this phone. <laughs> yeah, I'm with Blaine on this one. Well, I agree with that. Hey, people have different opinions. I will, opinion. I will say the whole thing that the footballers get paid too much and everything. Like the, the money is in football, whether you like it or not, it's here to stay. And I hate most of the owners, including my Arsenal's owner. So I'd much rather, even if it is Phil Walker getting it, I'd much rather he have it than some corrupt billionaire. As they're so doing I have the work. a problem with the money they're paid. What um, about what well. about the people, Blaine? Would, would, do you want the people what? to have some money? Well, no, but the thing is, people say, oh, they should be given back to the fans. But simple economics of business say that supply and demand, the, the more something's demanded, the more you can drive up the price. And Arsenal can sell the season tickets at the prices they're selling them. Because so people buy them. If they, why would they drop the it. prices? Because the same people are going to be buying them. Why would they drop the prices? 
people will buy, if people will buy them, you can charge what you want and people are going to buy them. The only way you'd ever get the, the money back to the fans is if people stop going, which isn't going to happen. See, that isn't really a legitimate argument either, saying that you could just give it back to the fans. I think that's very fanciful. I'm not talking about really giving it back to the fans. I'm talking about the government stepping in, controlling the money that, that's coming in through the industry. Can just control the money that's coming in, not from fans. I'm talking about from the, the deals. It's a private enterprise. It's got nothing to do with the government. These players are paying their tax. Unless the players stop paying their tax, it's got nothing to do with them. They're not doing anything illegal. The amount of money they're making. You could say, you could, well, you could say, you could say in theory, these players are earning three, four hundred grand a week. They're paying forty percent tax on that, so they are giving some of it back. Whereas if these people, the owners were keeping the money in their pocket, probably an offshore thing, they might not be paying tax. You could actually argue them getting paid these high wages and they're not going to the owner. That's fair. That's a very good point. That's that's a very good point. Well, um, we'd like to thank Blaine for calling in. He uh, really put me in my place, so to speak. <laughs> but. It's a diff- different opinion, I guess. You know, when I'm older and I own my own country and I have the Zach League, you'll all see. You'll all see. But that's enough about that topic. Let's move on to just some general news, you know, musings that I've read. Then we'll, we'll move on to the, the hot take of the week and we'll close out today's show. It's been a good show, honestly, if you ask me. All right. So I saw this article a day or two ago and... One of those headlines that I really had to, you know, look twice at. So, some, well, obviously, you know, kids, some kids have autism. We know that that's a thing. But recently, police have had to step in um, in England, Canada, and the United States because there's been a, a so-called cure that's been making waves on the internet that if you... Uh, if you buy this solution, it's called a, a Miracle Master Solution, MMS for short, and it can cure autism and HIV. Now, the main ingredient in this solution is bleach. So people on the internet are buying bleach and giving it to their children. And there have been cases of this happening with kids as young as two years old. It's, it's one of the things where it really leaves me speechless. Has, quick question. Has it been, like, tested and, like, it's been proved to work? No, this is... Um, I'm happy you ask. I'm going to read directly from the article. The popularity of MMS can be largely attributed to Jim Humble, a cultish figure and ex-Scientologist who was a part of the Genesis to Church of Health and Healing. I hope that answers all your questions <laughs> about the legitimacy of this miracle solution. I mean, this reminds me of the episode of Simpsons where Grandpa Abe and Homer were selling their little drink. Right. You know, might be a bit too... Remedies and stuff. Yeah, it's like, exactly. Nice. I mean... I mean, it's their children, isn't it? Obviously, we don't support... There's it. There's a difference it's between it's their children and it's bleach, Connor. Is it? Oh, okay. It's, <laughs> obviously, it's not sensible, is it? <laughs> it is. Let's be honest. It's silly. You're giving your children bleach. Um, kill God. them, no potentially. Yeah. <laughs> That's um, what I'm thinking. I think people have... It's funny that one of the headlines on this article is bleach isn't good for the body. No Is this sugar. what we've come to as a people? It's quite obvious that bleach isn't good for the body. Well, you know what it is. It's these... It's these um, the internet now. It's very easy to make a, a website that looks believable. You know, I mean, we've all come across these fake news articles, you know. 
press this link, you know, hot locals in your area or this stuff really works, blah, blah, blah. If you want, you can find anything on the internet. You can literally find anything. But the problem is with some people, they don't have the sense to distinguish because a lot of people, not from our generation, from the generation before, they would see these things and they, they, they would just equate it to a normal newspaper. So they'll take that article that they're reading online, which is from a fake website, as completely legitimate and completely real, which obviously it's not. Now, if it, if it was just people drinking this, this thing themselves, I would say it's natural selection, so I wouldn't have an issue. But when you're giving it to your kid... You should know better. It's you should know better. At least check with your... I mean, you know, maybe you bought the thing. At least check, take it to a doctor. Miracle master solution. It's a, it's a joke. It's honestly a joke. But at the same time, people are dying. Um, there's, there's really not a lot to say about that. Yeah. It, it's just something that's ridiculous. Here we're starting to talk about, and we'll close out with this. Um, it's another article from uh, earlier this week. Child obesity in um, UK. So this is for children under the age of, let me see, under the age of 12. It's hit 44%. In London, which is a very high, and overall throughout the country, it's thirty-two percent. One in three kids are huge. What? What do you lot think about this? Um, I think it's negative. It's not a good thing to hear, is it? But I don't think it's avoidable. Right. I think it's definitely avoidable. Really? Also, How so? Okay. So my thoughts on obesity are that as the generations are going on and as childbirth is becoming, like, a f- not fashionable, but a lot of people are having kids young. Fair enough, have your kid young. But the issue is, is that this, in, these day and age, in this day and age, a lot of women are, I'm not trying to sound sexist, but, like, say in my mum's era, they were taught to, like, cook for your kids and, like, cook healthy meals. Whereas in this day and age, a lot of women aren't really taught that. And what they're taught is they kind of just go to McDonald's and they give their food or they give their kid, like, I don't know, oven food and stuff like that. And it's making the kids fat. They're well, not putting their kid, they're I've, not get, making their kids do activities. They're not I really helping the kids. Well, that, that's, that's a fair point, China. But picture this now. Let's assume, you know, knock on wood, that you have a child next year. Your, your, your mum's like, I'm not helping you with this. You got yourself in a situation. I mean, I'm, mm-hmm. I'm sure she would never say that, but, you know, we're just assuming. And um, the father, he's not in the picture. So, obviously, being the, the resourceful woman you are, you find a job so you can pay for this child. Yeah. Uh, you get home from work about 5 o'clock every day. Um, um, kid gets home from school about 4.30. And you're tired. You don't really have time to be That's slaving over a stone. So, do you not find it understandable how they can just be like, well, let me just go to a shop, buy a, um, a pizza? and? No, I don't, actually, because I've seen it happen in action. It's actually disgusting. I'm not, I'm not an advocate. I'm not saying that it doesn't happen sometimes. Right. But I feel like, yes, you can, yeah, you can buy them fatty foods every now and then, but think about the fact, think about what you're doing to your child. That is the main goal there. You need to be thinking about what you're doing to your child in the long run. But if you can't afford or have the time to prepare healthy meals for your children, what are you supposed to do? 
say if I say you're a mother and you work until seven, your kids are after school club for a couple of hours. Mm-hmm. Sometimes you ain't got time to cook all the time. Sometimes you just gotta make the best of what you got. If and the foods are cheaper, like being eating healthy is a lot more expensive than eating unhealthy in a way. See, but there is a distinction between eating healthy and just not eating crap. Like, you can still be healthy without having to eat, like, couscous every night. You've got to have everything in moderation. I mean, yeah, I mean, it's like, you know, a lot of, again, our parents' generation, they were, there wasn't, like, whole foods and all this stuff when they were growing up. They just ate one meal a day. Yeah. And a lot of them weren't fat. So... The money aspect of it, I think it's more the time than the money. Because, again, if you, you can buy a huge sack of rice that will last you a couple months for, like, 20 quid. And that's, that's not necessarily unhealthy. So I think it's more, it's more about time, less about money. Now, I'm, I'm, it, it looks like I'm in love with um, the government stepping in this week. Oh, but, gosh. again, I feel like the government... Listen, you're one vote in Parliament away from sorting this out. I was supposed to look. I was supposed to look this up, but I I forgot to. But I'm pretty sure. I'm pretty sure about six seven years ago, the government put like a a restriction on chicken shops and the distance from schools. I, I think they tried to move chicken shops further away. Here's my thoughts. Make it illegal, or not illegal, like buying fast food should be like buying cigarettes and alcohol. Ridiculous. Put um, an age limit on it. That's very silly. Here's the thing. Let me explain it to you. Do you not remember all those, you know, those fat camp shows and whatnot? Kids nowadays, they have, they have their own money. These kids have Apple Pay and, and bank accounts. If you are a single mother, and let's say you're doing the right thing, you know, you're finding time to cook. Maybe you're cooking at night and then you're putting the food in the fridge for them to come home and heat it up. But these kids have their money. For £2 now, you can go and get a good meal after school, which is not a lot of... That's lunch money. And say your kid's on free school meal and he has two he has £2 in his pocket. He's eaten tw- two big meals already and then he's coming home for dinner as well. But making... That's how these kids are getting fat. They have the autonomy to go... When I was very young, I mean, you know, because I'm uh, slightly husky right now, but when I was young and in the prime of my life, I didn't have no money. If I was out and about and I was hungry, that meant I had to go home to eat. So you're saying to make fast food illegal, basically for children. I, I think that's ridiculous. Think that's there should be an age limit. There should not be an age limit. It should be like cinemas. It is food. You it should, should not put an age limit on food. That's ridiculous. It doesn't really on make bad food. Sense. No. I think, well, I'm going to go back to the parent thing again. I think this all starts from home. You've got to, you have to give a good example. Like, for instance, I didn't, sometimes, yes. Like, as Zach said, it's tempting. After school, you get your little lunch money, you um, go to the chicken chip shop, you go to the Caribbean shop, whatever. You go and yeah. get, like, a fizzy drink. But what my mum would always do in the morning is she would make me fruit, like a fruit bowl, and she'd give me, like, a sandwich to have during lunch and water. And do you know what I mean? I'm not saying that, like, for the whole day, you must eat, like, amazingly, but at least try yeah, but like, the thing is, but some yeah. I agree, but some of these kids don't want to be losers eating fruit at lunch. Now that's on them. That's no, but the, the thing illegal. <laughs> let me tell you something. These that's kids silly. right now, and this is this is my hot take of the week, by the way, is that um fast food 
needs to be restricted by age. So here's so here's my point, and we're gonna close out on this. These kids after school, they want to make friends, right? They want to be friendly. Where's everyone going? Meet me at Chicken Piz. That's it. Chicken Piz. <laughs> Meet me at Chicken Piz. We're gonna get one piece and chips. And if you're just standing there, what are you doing there? So these kids, it's a social thing as well. Can I like? There's just a lot. No, you cannot. I'm doing it anyway. I'm, so you say about making this food illegal and stuff. Yeah. Do you not think how this is going to affect businesses as well? Make your food healthier. I'm not saying make all food illegal. You're, you're saying there should make be a calorie count. Illegal. I'm saying no. Here's what I'm saying: it should be food over a certain calorie count. For certain age groups, they can't buy it. So what's, Maybe, the, what's the age limit then? Like what age? I can would buy say in your fifteen. Okay, but then the thing is, how about but, but, but maybe, maybe this? Maybe this? They can buy it. They can go to a chicken shop. Oh, you want the kids menu? You only get this amount of chips. You only get this amount of that. It should be limited. These kids are going there with two pound. Boss, give me everything. Yes, And however, you wonder why they're hobbling home. Go on, Shanna. Okay, good point. Yeah, you can have your point. That's a good point. Is it? It is. Not really. But <laughs> what I'm trying to say also is that the same thing with alcohol, the same thing with cigarettes. If you've worked in um, retail, there's always people that are going to buy it for them. Yeah, so but... say you're 14 years old and say the, um, the age limit is 15, right? So you get your 15-year-old friend in year 10 your bestie, to go to the chicken shop and get it for you. Yeah, that's, that's true. It, it, is the chicken guy going to be like, no, you can't have two meals? I think making it illegal in a way would make it worse. No, I completely disagree. Do you think there's, <laughs> do you think there's more cigarette smokers in the country or more weed smokers? Probably weed. No, no it's definitely cigarette. So even, even though people will circumvent the system, the numbers will still drop and that's good enough. We're going to close on that. Um, I feel like it's been a good show. Uh, you lot want to say bye? Bye. Bye. All right. Thanks for listening. Uh, this will be up on SoundCloud on Monday. Uh, make sure you go follow the follow the Source Radio account so you get notified of whenever we're going live, and follow Modest Zach on SoundCloud, M O D E S T Z A K, and all other social media for more updates on this. Thanks for listening, and good night. <laughs>